Hi, my name's John Kasher and welcome to Cash Talk, where there'll be no boundaries and a lot of straight talk. All things money, business, and just everyday stuff. Hey guys, before we get started, just a quick reminder that all the information in this podcast is of a general nature and not tailored to your personal circumstances. So please seek personal financial advice before acting on this information. Hey everyone, and welcome to another session. And today it is with Gianni, our property specialist. And Gianni, how are you, mate? I'm good. Thank you, John. Thanks again for having me today. No, nah, that's all right, mate. That's all right. Um, punching out these sessions, love it. There's a lot going on in the world. Um, if it be property, if it be economic scenarios, there's just so much happening in the world for people to kind of navigate through. So got the microphone on, got the uh, amplifier on, everything's going at the moment. But for all of everyone that's listening and everyone that's watching, um, it's really to keep you informed and help you navigate through things. And one of the biggest assets that people have is property. So we're very blessed to have Gianni as a specialist here um, and for us to be able to unpack what's going on in regards to property. But one of the things we wanted to focus on today, Gianni, was around the risks um, the risks inside property and obviously when you know assessing a property as well too, more importantly. So maybe over to you in regards to you know, what are some of these risks and, you know, what are we talking about here? Yeah, look, there's a lot of sort of doomsday stories when it comes to investing in property and why you should steer clear of it. But I, I think like any investment, there's risks associated with it and you need to assess uh, those risks properly and also mitigate for those risks. So look, one of the more notable risks maybe of late is around um, you know, rising interest rates and, you know, people having, uh, you know, uh, their cash flow issues as a result of interest rates. And I'm, and I'm sure people have been talking to you about, you know, what to do with my investment property. Should I go fixed? Should I go variable? Should I go interest only? These are some of the risks associated with holding property. But there's also other risks as well, like uh, flood, fire, bad tenants, um, you know, building issues that we can always assess and, and mitigate and sort of protect ourselves against as well. There's a great saying that goes, and for many of my uh, clients and listeners have heard that it's more about managing the risks than it is about managing the returns. If you Mm -hmm. manage the risks right, the returns will speak for themselves. And this doesn't come from me. This comes from the godfather of investing, Benjamin Graham, who was the teacher to Warren Buffett. Okay, And it's very important that we remember that. And actually, Gianni, knowing what I wanted to do from such a young age, because you know that I got into this from a very young age, is um, I actually majored in financial risk management at university. Yeah, awesome. Because I understood that there's just so many of these risks that's associated with, doesn't matter if it's in, you know, stocks or property or whatever the hell it is, even just normal general finances. If I can protect my backside or I can protect others' backsides, like you just got a smoother ride to getting where you need to get to. And then when you look at property, I think a lot of people chase the returns and then find themselves with their pants down, let's call it what it is, because they haven't assessed the risks properly. Mm-hmm. And it's these risks that get exposed and they cause these bad issues where then people are forced to make bad decisions, yeah? Or they're forced into a corner to sell a property when they should be buying a property, yeah? Or, you know, they've, they've got to sell other things that they've got to keep up with their stuff that's going on, like a totally separate thing at the moment, but it, it, it relates in what we're talking about is, Car sales numbers in regards to listings have skyrocketed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Now, it can, you can kind of put two and two together. People are trying to come up with cash and quick cash to be able to kind of continue their lifestyle. Now, if you look at this as I take this into a property sense, if you've gone and not assessed the risks, you know, the rental yields isn't keeping up with your repayments, you needed more of a cash flow investment, but you've got yourself capital one, you're just exposing yourself to all of these risks mm -hmm. and sometimes you can't overcome them. Yeah. 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 And obviously you mentioned some great ones before, like some some ones that we need to look out look out for. But what's what are you finding maybe is the risk that or maybe you know a couple of risks or whatever obviously won't hold you to one, but some of the risks that you see are most prevalent that you see that people aren't taking into consideration. Well, some of the, some of the risks associated with with purchasing property might be, you know, uh, buying a house with a poor demographic. And what I mean by that is, I, I've got a good example where um, there was property in a rural New South Wales town that was mm -hmm. yielding really well, like fifteen percent mm -hmm. yields, a massive mm -hmm. amount of yields. But it was primarily driven by mining. Mm -hmm. And what happened when that mining company went bust? the capital value of those properties reduced by half. Those houses were worth half of what they were going because there was nobody to live in them. They weren't uh, being rented out by tenants. Now, you could have, if you were looking to purchase in that particular uh, town, you could have assessed the risk to understand, well, what is driving the economy in this particular town? And if you have a look at the demographics, you could see, oh, 80% of jobs are run by mining, and in particular, one mining company. Therefore, if this company goes bust, the whole town is going under, let alone this property. Well, it's very interesting you say that because that goes back to that comment before. I'm guessing that that person made that buying decision based on the return it was yielding. So yes. they were chasing the return and not assessing the risks that's exactly. associated with the return. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. To that point. Yeah. Mm, very so interesting because it, it, it is common, and, and unfortunately, I've seen this scenario to happen too often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of sort of upfront assessment that you're required to do as part of either the assess, like the the assessment process, where you're looking at what area to buy in, or when you're conducting due diligence. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when you're conducting due diligence. You might think, oh, you know, this this house is in a great location. It's you know yielding good. It's got you know good sort of leading indicators. However, um, it's in a flood prone area or bushfire prone area. So if you haven't assessed that it's in that location, um, then you know potentially one day you could be worse off because your house has been demolished by flood or fire. In addition, what you'll probably find out as well is when you go to insure the property, the premium is through the roof or it will go through the roof later and down the track. So say for example. If that area floods and then all of a sudden you make a claim, but your premium will double the next year because there's more of a likelihood that it will flood. Now, you haven't done a proper risk assessment. So you, you really need to consider that and, and mitigate accordingly. It's, it's, it's interesting you say that because I think that there's a lot of things that people don't look at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And focused around the capital growth of the property or the income from the property, or, you know, they, they, they're going on their gut or their hunch. You know, and yeah. I say to people, make investment decisions with your brain, not your gut. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, you know, make them based on data driven decisions, as you say. And mm -hmm. this causes risk to happen. And I think there's also a bit of a mindset risk. And what I mean by that, Gianni, is that we've done so well in property for so long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a lot of um, investors out there that literally believed you can't lose money in property. Obviously, that's becoming unraveled now. Okay. But obviously, with us in the industry, we also know that's not, not, that's not been true for a long time because there's obviously different regions. They grow in different areas, different states, but very much in the Eastern seaboard, it's been kind of like um, just put your money in anything and you'll be 
returning good returns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a risk of a, a sense of a mindset, maybe some complacency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I can just throw money at anything when it comes to property and it's going to make me money. Yeah? yeah. And that complacency is a risk in itself because essentially they're being lazy. Let's talk about it in regards to assessing the risk properly in themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of, like you said, complacency and even assumptions that people make when it comes to, to purchasing property. Mm-hmm. So uh, people sort of assume that, okay, because it's performed well in the past, it'll continue to perform well, or because it's gone down, that it will go back up. And they're, they're like, there's a lot of buying the dip mentality. I, I don't know if that's come from crypto investors or whatever, but mm-hmm. there's that sort of buying the dip mentality. And then based on these assumptions, these people actually um, make a loss because you know they're, they're assuming incorrectly but the biggest part of risk is not knowing or not understanding what you're doing really so if if you truly understood what the investment was then you there wouldn't be any risk because you would assess it accordingly and either not take it up or mitigate it accordingly so f- for example a good way to sort of uh, mitigate a risk of uh, flood and fire would be to conduct a bushfire flood reporting. There's plenty of those available on you know state websites and council websites. And then worst case, if you did decide to to purchase, like you'd get adequate insurance in place and 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 maybe um, you know conduct a proper assessment to see how much premiums were on your cash flow. I think another one, a very good one. I think another one as well too that comes to mind is, and we spoke about this a couple of sessions ago, was around buying the wrong property in the wrong area. Mm-hmm. And it actually gave me a little bit of a light bulb moment because I'm like, I can just see how many people do this. And what we're talking about is when you're not assessing the purchase properly, okay, you essentially might be going back to a familiar area that you know, you grew up in, you whatever. Yeah, you might have an emotional connection to a particular area. Mm-hmm. So you're not making these data-driven decisions. And what ends up sometimes happening is let's say you're in an area that has family orientated. It needs the need in that area is say to have a four bedroom house. Yeah. With a decent sized block. They're the people that need to be in that area and you're buying a one bedroom unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you might be in an area where there's couples and singles and they are in and out and they require a one bedroom apartment or a two bedroom unit. They don't need a big house. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's that risk of they're not people not going to the granular in regards to their purchasing decisions, yeah? Mm-hmm. And it's a risk that they're essentially, yeah, buying the wrong thing, like, you know, trying to put a, a square through a tube. It's just not going to work, yeah? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, th- there might be some people that have done their research, but they haven't considered the dwelling type. So I often give the example, $500,000 in Sydney or Melbourne might get you very far. So you can't really just buy anything Okay, in those areas, you need to sort of consider the demographic of the area. So look, if that's your entry point, um, you know, a house at that price isn't really going to cut it. So you really need to consider the demographic of the area. So if you're looking at a particular area, you know, you've done your research, the leading indicator sort of said, yes, this is your area. Don't just buy anything. Don't buy like a one bedroom unit in a, in a suburban area that's full of families that require big yards. You have to look at, okay, well, what is the average occupancy per dwelling? How many bedrooms on average per dwelling? How many car spaces per dwelling? So if I sort of know, oh, look, there's an average of three or four people. They have an average of uh, three or four bedrooms per household and they have like an average one or two cars, then I know I'm looking for a three or four bedroom house to cater for uh, a three or four person family that might have a study 
and two cars, you know, two car spaces, really. And that fits the majority of the demographic. That way I know that I can hit as many tenants as possible within that target area. Because otherwise I'm just creating risk that my property is going to be vacant for the longer term rather than appealing to the masses. Very, very, very good point. Mm. Another one that came to mind for me was, which is coming up a little bit, yeah, mm -hmm. especially with prospective clients is, they might not admit it to me straight away, but it's the one where it's like, you know, that property over there, I made a bad decision. Yeah. Yeah. I bought yeah. the, I bought a lemon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that risk of that property holding them back. And for people that know me and have been listening to me and watching my content over the years, then you know that I don't like selling stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like accumulating. I don't like selling. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that's on the provision that you get it right from the start. And it's very hard to do that over and over and over and again. Mm -hmm. So two things is for the person that's got the property that is maybe holding them back. Yeah. What's the thought process in regards to that and navigating them throughout that? Because there's a risk of that holding back their, 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 their wealth or their, their goals and getting to where they get, need to get to. Mm -hmm. And what kind of assessment do you have on these, these, you know, situations. Yeah. What's your tips in regards to that? Yeah. So look, it's actually very timely. I was talking to uh, uh, some prospective clients about they had one investment property and they went through another buyer's agent and they weren't sure why they purchased in that area. There was no sort of decision-making process as to why they purchased in, in this particular area. And, you know, I, I sort of drill it to death, data-driven decisions. Like, I don't make emotional decisions. I just let the data do the talking. So in that regard, we sort of look at the property and say, well, has this property un underperformed in comparison to the benchmark for, you know, for property overall? Like, could we have done better had we invested that money somewhere else? Okay. Mm -hmm. If the answer is yes, then we look at the leading indicators. Okay. So the property has underperformed. We look at the leading indicators for that property in that area. So if you had your chance again today, would you purchase that property? And if the answer is no, then you have to look, well, okay, is the cost associated with selling worth the cost associated with buying elsewhere? Okay, so sorry, uh, retaining it. So is selling and buying elsewhere, the cost associated with selling and buying elsewhere going to be worth the cost of just keeping it and potentially continue to underperform? So there's a few questions that you need to ask yourself before you make the big decision, because there's a lot of cost of, involved in selling. You know, you pay your 2% uh, sales fee, you potentially pay your capital gains tax, marketing costs, solicitors costs. It could potentially be tens of thousands, if not hundreds of dollars, depending on, you know, what's happened with that property. So you really need to make a, a a series of careful and, and data-driven decisions before you come to the conclusion to sell and cut and invest your money elsewhere. Yeah, it is. And it does pay, make people a hell of a lot nervous, but I think it's one of those ones where you've got to face the music. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you can't let this happen because there's a risk of it holding you back. Yeah, and in most people's scenarios where they get it wrong, it, it does hold them back quite a bit. So, mm -hmm. you know, I know we wanted to talk about the risk assessment of purchasing property, but there's also the risk of, selling property as well too okay yeah exactly now johnny i know probably everyone's wanting to know about a little bit just generally about what's going on in the market as well too and while i've got you i'd love to get your insights about what's going on because i've got two camps that i am am seeing a lot of i'm seeing a lot of the people that are holding on for dear life to keep their properties they're mm -hmm. cutting back on everything they're making sure their cash flows in order and making sure their repayments are going on i've got the other camp that's kind of eagerly waiting to buy. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're sitting there. 
but there's just no stock available. Yeah, or if there's stock, it's very limited. Yeah. yeah. Is this what you're seeing what's going on? Like, do we have these two camps? Do we have literally the sellers holding on for dear life? Yeah. And we've got the the, the buyers, you know, eagerly waiting. I have property managers calling me saying, do you have any other investors? Because we've got a backlog of, of people looking for rental properties. So like there, there is a big demand for rentals in certain parts of the country. So especially in parts of Queensland where you hear, you know, some of the sort of horror stories of people needing to camp in their cars and that sort of stuff, because there's just no stock available. Um, at the same time, it is getting more and more expensive uh, for repayments for people to actually afford a home. So, you know, that there's a there's there is two camps. There's there's people that, you know, want to get into investing, but they're concerned about their cash flow. And there's people that uh, need investors to make rentals available for them. So there's a big gap between those two camps as well. Um, so look, if you if you can invest in property, I, I do think that now is the time you know, of the old adage, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. Well, now, according to the statistics, people are fearful because we're seeing longer days on the market. We're seeing longer, uh, bigger discount rates. We're seeing lower vacancy rates. Um, and we're starting to see like a lot of rental growth as well because there is such demand for rental properties. So look, if you can afford a property, it is if it's part of your investment strategy, I think now is actually a, a good time to buy, in my opinion, because I'm seeing a lot of good discounts. Available. Yeah, and do you look very, very valid what you spoke about about being greedy when people are fearful and fearful when people are greedy. And there's a lot of people that are just, you know, really scared about what's going on. And we appreciate that. And please, mm-hmm. you know, me and Gianni are not coming here from a, you know a situation where we don't appreciate that. We do appreciate yeah. that. But yeah. there are there are different camps. And what I am seeing because you know I'm always on the lookout. I'm always ready. It's a part of my investment strategy. I am just seeing that there's just limited stock. Yeah, mm-hmm. as well too. Like you can even just, I just drive through the streets of where I live, for example, and there's just not as many for sale signs. Like mm-hmm. it's just, you know, there's less that was going on. Like there was a bit of, like it was a seller's market six months ago, you know, and today's probably a buyer's market, but like, like we're talking, but there's just the stock hasn't really kind of come up because I think yeah. the other problem they've got, like that it's happening at the moment is, like you said, where are they going to move? Yeah, like the vacancies when no one's wanting to sell. So, you know, it's going to be interesting times over the next three to six months about where this condo ends up sitting, yeah, yeah. Uh, in regards to it. But it's one of those ones where you were talking about before about people trying to buy the dip. It's very hard because mm-hmm. you talk about supply and demand, yeah, and those things can shift very, very quickly. Yeah, you could have a lot more demand from the buyers that are sitting on the sidelines, you know, waiting, and they're just sucking up the supply that's kind of getting fed out. Um, then the demand can go away and the supply can open up. And then all of a sudden you've got pricing pressure again. So, you know, it's very interesting what's going on in the the property market. But I think it's very, very valid what you spoke about and we spoke about today around assessing the property, but also around assessing yourself as well too. I think that that goes without saying, okay? So, um, Gianni, once again, thank you very much for jumping on. I always love having these chats for everyone. Um, If you ever want to know more about property, please feel free to reach out. Um, Gianni is a great resource and thank you very much for giving up your time. I know you've been really good for our clients as well too in regards to their property purchases and their discussions as well too. So for everyone, feel free um, to speak to Gianni or if you need to, I'll get you in touch with him as well too um, to help you make better data-driven property decisions. Thank you, mate, for having me. It's been a pleasure. You know, I I could talk all day. So thank you for stopping me as well. That's all right, mate. We'll catch up next time. All right, everyone, have a great great night. Cheers.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Cash Talk. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to learn more about me, jump onto my Instagram at, at thejohncasher and you'll find me there or at my website at www.johncasher.com.au. Thanks for listening. Cheers.